866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, you lucky devil, you. Hal, Judy, and welcoming back, Dr. Marty Becker. Hi, Doc. How you doing? Hello, my friends. I saw you on Good Morning America uh, talking about zoonosis and diseases that we can get, sicknesses we can get from our pets and animals. Hey, I'm proud of you. You pronounced that right. Good for you. Everybody, I thought, a lot of practice. I thought Everybody it was wrong. Everybody stumbles on that one, you know. But uh, <laughs> well, well, you know why most canine and feline infections uh, diseases affect only dogs and cats, respectively, and most human infection diseases affect only humans. You know, it's good to be aware that some of these diseases, called, called zoonotic diseases, can be transmitted from dogs and cats to people. We've got more intimate contact with our pets. They live in our house. They sleep in our bed. We get slurpy dog kisses. <laughs> now, do we have to give that stuff up? No, it, with some simple precautions, some common sense, and good hygiene, the risk is very low. And I have this mantra, get rid of the risk, keep the pet. Get rid of the risk, keep the pet. Because the last thing we want people to do is panic over the threat and take them to the shelter and make an indoor pet an outdoor pet where mm-hmm. it's not going to live as long. Okay. First, I'm going to tell you the scary part, okay? okay. This is kind of hard to be, people think about rabies. Like, I was practicing as a veterinarian yesterday, and, and people said, why do I have to get a rabies vaccination? Well, one, it's mandated by law. But number two, in 2006, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention had 7,000 cases, positive cases of rabies in animals. Uh. And, you know, globally, rabies kills tens of thousands of people per year. And so there's the scary zoonotic diseases, the avian influenza, Ebola virus, uh, mad cow disease, uh, rabies, anthrax. Those are all zoonotic diseases. Anthrax? I thought that was like a white powder that we found in our mail. Well, the spores are carried. See, the anthrax can be carried in in an animal that is asymptomatic. So mm-hmm. then it can be carried from animal to human. You know, let's look at toxoplasmosis. You know, okay. these, these parasite carried by cats. Mm-hmm. And they're estimated that there's 4,000 women each year give, give birth to infected newborns. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that can cause retardation. Now, this, the roundworms, it, it strikes, you know, 2.8 million Americans per year. It can cause asthma. It can cause blindness, about 600 cases of blindness per year. Mm-hmm. But to prevent that, all you got to do is do a couple things. One is be is have very good parasite control. So there's external and ex- external and internal parasites. The external parasites, fleas, ticks, mosquitoes, by using, you know, these new uh, topical products like, uh, you know, Advantage or Advantix, uh, you know, those little things you put on the back of their neck. Mm-hmm. What you do is you're preventing the fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes from biting because they repel them, and if they can't bite, they can't transmit the disease. Sure. And... I call them heinous hitchhikers, though. They may go outside and bring one of these back in on them, and then it bites the human. So it also yeah. prevents them from hiking on in through the house. And then, uh, you know, very good internal parasite control. You know, like the HeartGuard Plus is a, is a product that uh, you give orally once a month for, for heartworm. But what it also does is it gets rid of, of, of roundworms and three species of hookworms. And that's the one that caused, the, you know, the toxic keratosis. You know, I don't want to overemphasize the risk of pets, but, you know, as we continue to have closer and closer physical contact, more intimacy, we get all the benefits of the healing power of pets, but, you know, it does put us at increased risk. And what about the old lick on the face there? Well, you know, in the adult equivalent of liar, liar, pants on fire, I just told, (laughs) for the second time in my life, told, you know, four million people not to let your pet lick you in the mouth or lick utensils or lick lick the plates, you know, is not a good idea. And they came home from New York the same day and 12 hours later in, in the adult equivalent of liar, liar, pants on fire, 
my dog gave me the equivalent of a canine tonsil swab. You know, <laughs> and like, oh, daddy missed you. Oh, daddy, who give daddy some sugars? <laughs> but the one thing that I do is these the, the pets are all on a monthly uh, uh, you know product for external parasites and internal parasites year round. So they just don't have the worms to trans. They don't have anything to transmit. And, and do they sleep in bed with you? Heck yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, nose to nose. Um, absolutely. And, and, but again, see, my going back to my mantra, I told you I was at least going to mention it twice, get rid of the risk, keep the pet. But So I, I'm very careful about doing those things, you know, keeping the vaccinations current, keeping the parasite control things. We keep our yard picked up. We pick it up every day. Um, you know, there's a really good website, by the way. You can go to PetParents.com and learn about some of these risks about worms and, and protecting them. And there's a kind of a neat little interactive section called Tiger's Hidden Hazards. And it allows cat owners to uncover parasite risks. And we'll link to that from AnimalRadio.com. We'll also link to PetConnection.com. That's Dr. Marty Becker's website. Doc, thanks so much. We'll speak to you very soon again. Thank you. We join Animal Radio already in progress. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good Lottie morning, Lottie. In the studio. Hey, and we are saluting, or I am. Yes, who are they? David, stop talking. <laughs> okay. Big people comes last, I guess. If the big people come last, who comes first? That's what I want to know, Vladi. Do the oh. real losers come first? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a uh, Russian slang. Maybe in America the different things, but, uh, you know. Uh, that's how we do in Russia. But it wasn't purposely. It just happened. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Oh. Ay, ay, ay. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And a cast of characters. We're going to kick it off with Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard. Do you have your... Are you sitting there with your tea? Are you all in position, Vlade? Uh, today, I, yes, I have my tea. I always have my tea. My green tea combination with some herbal stuff. I love mm. it. You know, the part of my education is nutrition. That is why so many times people calling me and asking me about different things, including dog food and such and such, because I do have a profound knowledge uh, in that. On that subject. Hi, who's this? This is Karen. Where are you calling from, Karen? Um, right now we're just out of Lexington. Lexington, Kentucky. Are you a driver? Yes, I am. Okay. Tell us what's on your mind. You're on with Vlade. <laughs> Hello. Karen, Karen, I'm hearing you. You have a very beautiful name. Oh, thank you. In Russia, I would call you Katya. Katya? Yes. Take it as compliment, but go ahead. Okay, I have a black lab. He's 12 years old, and he's got an oh, awful habit. He has an awful habit of stealing food off the counters and going into the garbage. And he'll he'll eat things like Kleenex. He'll he'll just scarf down anything. He'll take a stick okay. of butter off of the cupboard. Okay, Karen, Labrador Retrievers, American version of them, loves to do the things which you just described. They do even even more than that. One of my client's dog stole, Labrador Retriever, stole the bra, woman's bra, and chewed it and swallowed it and burp one piece immediately and second and the next day. And then there, if somebody call me and say, hey, I have a dog who can... Uh, 
chew and swallow uh, landscape stones or uh, like uh, all this type of the clothes and socks and everything. I know it's going to be Labrador Retriever. And, you know, they do that because they have uh, extra energy and they eating like the nuts. They're like a vacuum cleaner. And it doesn't mean they're bad pets. As a matter of fact, they are great pets. And we spoke with the hell a couple of minutes ago privately about uh, kids and dogs. And I share. So, hey, the best, the best dog... People for your kids and for this country would be Labrador Retriever because you can jump on him, pull his ears around. You know, that lab thinks that stuff is fun. You know, he's not going to growl or snap anyone. It's go- you're going to work very hard to develop any aggressiveness in the labs. I mean, some people do it. I know how they do it. But nevertheless, what would you just described, it's a very common. So what I would do if it was my lab, how old is your lab? He's 12. 12 months? 12, 12 years old. Oh, 12 years old, boy, how many years you are living with this type of a problem? How many years you tolerating it? <laughs> well, we just heard you on the radio and thought, oh, well, maybe we can find something to work with this dog. He'll jump up so, and reach things. Go ahead. So I guess 12 years he's uh, per- performing this behavior, boy. And one day he just woke up and just said, I heard the blood, I'm going to call because I'm not going to put up with that any anymore. Yes? Karen? Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do that very quick. Uh, so what I would do, I would address the cause of this problem and I would uh, attack the symptoms. It's going to be double punch approach, okay, in Russian style. So what we're going to do as far as the cause, why, what is the causing the dog to do that besides the breed traits? Uh, extra energy. Extra energy, Karen. Extra energy, number one. Number two, not taking you as the alpha of your household because if he would take you, he would back off from your stuff because he would he has a natural instinct don't touch which belong to the alpha dog so how are you gonna do it uh you're gonna kill one bird with two stones i should not say an animal radio this things but it's a russian slang okay well hell is going not going to be happy with me so what we're gonna yeah what we're gonna do we're going to do a couple of things number one i would exercise that dog physically a lot i would get him in the backyard i would put the Caesar milan favorite backpack on on, on your dog some weights would be advisable maybe a couple of bottle of vodka uh, acafina to make sure it uh, has a little bit weight and make that dog run back and forth back and forth back and forth give him something else to chew get his favorite toys i don't care if he brings it or not karen what i'm going to do i'm going to toss one he picked that i'm going to get grab another one toss in another direction and make him run back and forth back and forth without stopping 10 minutes two times per day that's all what it takes after that karen i would put the color and leash on him and teach him walk with me without pulling. If he's ahead of you, you turn around and snap the leash in the opposite directions. If he turns to sniff something on the grass, uh, like uh, landscaping stones or uh, like uh, maybe something uh, what you don't want him to smell or scent or touch, snap the leash, tell him, ah, no sniff, let's go. Put him in the seat, stay if you could for uh, maybe um, one minute, sit, stay one minute, takes as much energy as one mile to run, I would enroll him in the puppy daycare, or not now, puppy daycare, it's an adult dog daycare, so he would run there, and maybe agility class, get all that like extra energy out of his body and out of his mind, and the training is also 
setting some type of the rapport between you and your dog, so the dog take you as authoritative leader. So your dog will become uh, tired physically and mentally. From that time, I also would give him something else to chew, something else to play. I would give him, I would take the tour to the pet store and get the new toys, maybe six, eight new toys, which will run in three categories, play toy, chew toy, inter- interactive toys, interactive toys, something he touch and it's a falling something like cookie falling from that, um, cookie jar is the wonderful toy by company premier, you can, you can find all those toys in your good, in your local pet store and after that I would set up a couple of sets, put one set on the floor and Another set may be off for a couple of days and keep rotating. So he would entertain himself all the time. From that time, if he decides to touch your items, I will do one of two things. Number one, I would spy on him as a KGB agent. And if he touch anything which belongs to you, I will suddenly appear... You know, from around the corner, whatever, you can use even, you know, you can use even a baby camera, like hidden camera to watch your dog and make the sh- sound like you're so displeased. Ah, like, you know, like siren, whatever, like canine sound of disapproval. Toss something on the floor, like something like that, or use the air horn or use the compressed air device to make a lot of noise because show him how displeased you with this behavior. He backs up. And you smile and say, good boy, and give, has nothing happened, give him something else, his toy, whatever, and continue, go around the corner and continue spying him. You also can do the method by name, chew discrimination. All that you need to do to pick up five toys, what he likes, and five merchandise, your merchandise, what he, he likes to chew. Put on the merchandise, what you don't want him to chew, um, bitter apple or fui, if it doesn't work with the lap, I can assume, get the product by name, Sugard, and put peanut butter on the things you wanted him to chew, and let him go in that room, and let him to choose. Thank you, Karen, so much, you know, for calling us, 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Who knows what's best for your pets? You do. You and pet lovers just like you. At Zoo2.com, you share your experiences with pet products and services, see how other pet lovers rate them, and say what you think about anything related to pets. Best of all, it's absolutely free. And everything you do on Zoo2.com earns points to help your local pet shelter or rescue group. That's Z-O-O-T-O-O.com. Zoo2.com. Bringing pet lovers together to help pets and each other. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? 
It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Animal Radio is being brought to you by the American Red Cross, providing you with information and training to protect the dogs and cats you love. For more information, visit RedCross.org or PetCentric.com, a proud supporter of the American Red Cross. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew! Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Celebrating our connection with our pets as we do every weekend. It's Animal Radio with Hal and Judy. And a cast of characters. Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, is on the way. Also, from a little show, just a little, little television show called The View, uh, Joy Behar will be joining us. Is that correct, Judy? That's correct. She was one of the original members. I think, isn't she the only original member that's still on that show? Uh, Barbara Walters, too. Barbara, an original one? I believe so. Oh, we'll have to find out there. We'll, we'll actually have to dig and find out about Barbara and her animals. I hear she has some animals, too. Right? That's our job. That's what we do here. one 405 The on-call vet this hour is Dr. Debbie. Uh, you want to take some calls, Dr. Deb? Yeah, let's bring some calls. Hi, who is this? Good afternoon. This is Wayne. How are you, sir? Very good. Did you say, sir? Can't do that. Wayne, oh, I'm sorry. Where are you calling from? I'm Hal. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from a little town called Glenside, Pennsylvania, which is about 11 miles north of Philadelphia. Oh, sounds very nice. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Well, thank you well, very hi much. Well, there. How are you? Good, thank you. My question is regarding my border collie. Um, I had a border collie about 20 years ago, and he passed on, got him from a rescue, was looking for a border collie, and found one in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, at a, I'm sorry, Carlisle, Pennsylvania, at a border collie rescue. Uh, okay. Saw the dog over the internet, fell in love with him, drove the two and a half hours, saw the dog, and was told, this is a border collie. For sure it's a border collie. I have a contract that says, this is a border collie. I saw all the other border collies that I saw was supposedly the sister of this border collie. Well, this border collie is now seven months old, and he weighs about 70 pounds. Oh. My vet told me that this dog will continue to grow until he's about two years old, and this dog should break over 100 pounds. Well, we're concerned. He does look like a collie. He has the fur of a collie, but people stop and say he looks like a Burmese mountain dog. And I I don't know what to do. I've had the dog now for four months. I got him when he was three months old, weighing 29 pounds, and I'm torn. We did get a DNA test that you mail in, and we okay. mailed it in a couple of days ago. But uh, I don't know what to do. People are telling me, no, no, take it back. No, keep it. It's a beautiful dog. And I don't know what do I do. It, could it be a border collie? Is there such thing as a 100-pound, 120-pound border collie? 
Well, now, you said he's uh, seven months old currently? Yes, right now he's seven months old. All righty. Well, that is awfully large for a Border Collie, so I would have to be a little skeptical, I guess, perhaps on his background. Now, with any breed, there's always some variation on the very high and the very low ends of things, but already at that age, if he's already hitting the 70-pound mark, I would wonder if there's a little other DNA in that mix of things. Me um, as well. Now, is he actually in good weight, or is he chubby? No, he is perfect. He is a wonderful dog. He's not chubby at all. He has a swimming pool, that one of those little kiddie pools, and when he jumps in, he looks thin. He's very fluffy, almost like Lassie. Not as long-haired as Lassie, but when he's wet, he looks thin. But he's a big dog. He takes up the entire couch when he lays on the couch. Uh huh. Now, I would ask you, what's, um, is there a problem if he is of a breed other than a Border Collie? Or were you still intending to keep him in the household? I guess that's where I'm torn. I was raised with poodles. I had a Shih Tzu uh, for 15 years, passed away about three years ago. Like I said, I did have a Border Collie 20-some years ago, an older one. I... I don't know that I want a gigantic dog. I was told that this is a Border Collie, and I did my research and saw that Border Collies range between 30, 45 pounds-ish on an average. Well, a 120-pound dog is a lot more than what I had in my head being a 40, 45-pound dog. And that's from Torrent. The dog is a beautiful. People pull over when I'm walking this dog and roll down their window and go, Oh my God, your dog's beautiful. What is it? And I say it's a border collie, and they go, No, it's not. Uh, this dog is beautiful. He's wonderful. He's friendly, but he's a hundred pounds, and he's seven months old. And yeah. I don't know if I want a hundred-pound dog. So, how do I yeah. make a decision? Well, I think that's the biggest thing is to decide if the size is a detriment to the household, or you're not prepared to handle a large or giant breed dog. That's something you really have to kind of consider for yourself um, if it was just a matter of the breed or you know what his background was and it didn't matter to you then then I would say just throw the breed out the window and it doesn't matter what you call him now you did say that you DNA tested him was that through a blood test or was that through a cheek swab a cheek swab a okay cheek swab. now that is one way that we can actually test DNA breeds although I would say that Um, As far as DNA goes, the blood-based tests are certainly more desired. Um, And I know that there's a lot of different tests out there, but the one that um, we utilize at least that through a blood test, um, it can span 130 different breeds, and it's certainly been pretty well researched as far as the reliability. So I would perhaps be a little cautious with some of the other DNA tests that, you know, I can't comment on how um, how truthful they might be. But um, if you were interested in, in seeing your veterinarian, they can actually draw a blood sample and, and do a specific test um, to look yes. at a potential 130-breed yes. background. When I went to the vet, they did say for $160 they could do a DNA test, and I'm assuming it was the blood one. Uh, $160 seemed a little high, so we were able to find one online that claims they can tell you what color the dog is, uh, which came in at like $59, so we thought we would try that. See, I guess where I'm confused as well, it's it's, it's a moral issue as well as a, a heartfelt issue because I'm falling in love with the dog. You know what? I think you've made well, your decision. 
I, and I think it's you, a, you know what? There's no doctor that's going to tell you this is. Isn't this a personal decision? Sort of a kind of different for every yeah. person. I yeah. think for any pet, we're looking at you know one of the biggest problems we have with pet relinquishment is that it might not be the pet right pet for each household. So the big things are if he fits with your lifestyle, if he fits with your interests and what you're looking in a dog, then you're heading the right direction. If that from the get go isn't quite right, then then I would yeah I recognize you have a problem there, and I don't see an easy solution out of this one. Um, because already he's exceeding your There's, your a, there's a real easy solution out of this one. Keep that dog, and if it turns out not to be a Border Collie, go out and rescue, a, uh, get a Border Collie, and then they'll be friends and partners. Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't that be great? See, the decision I make today may be because it's a puppy. I yeah. love him. I've only had three months. But this is a 15-year <laughs> obligation. <laughs> 15 years. You know what? I'm going to save you some time. If you drop him off at the shelter, you're going to be going back to get him. You were already in love with him. And you know what? Sometimes that's the way it is. Sometimes like our spouses in life, they're not exactly what you intended, but either they have other attributes that are very desirable. So love them and keep them. I wish you would have told me that before the divorce. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's it. Because the, the Border Collie lady told me, the rescue in Carlisle said, well, then just bring it back and pick a new dog. You? Like, you don't just bring him back and pick a new dog. No. I mean, They're... not only do I have three, four months invested in him, but I now have thousands of dollars in neutering and vet bills and DNA tests. So it's not just like, well, here's an even swap. Yeah. You know, there's a reason you have that dog. You don't know it yet, but maybe years down the line he may save you or something. There's something bigger planned for you to have that dog with you now. Well, that's sort of spiritual. I'm not sure that I agree with that. It may, may be so or maybe not, but the thing is now, he's a family member now. There's nothing really you can do. He loves him too much. He's not going to do it. He's not going <laughs> to do it. Uh, it sounds like you have too much of a heart, uh, Wayne. It well, doesn't sound like you could callously <laughs> drop off an animal that you've already fallen in love with. Oh, like, absolutely. I couldn't, but at the same time, it may not be fair to him. That's true. What? Where do you live? What kind of place do you live at? Do you have space for him? I Yes. Matter of fact, I spent $3,000 fencing in my entire yard so he could go out and chomp around and jump like I thought a Border Collie would. Coda, which is his name, doesn't jump. He sits like a great, uh, like a St. Bernard would or like a Bernie's Mountain Dog. He sits. You go, Coda, go! And he goes... Nah, to run. Nah, and just sits. So it's a different dog than a border collie. In addition to the fact that it's not a border collie, he doesn't have that same. I take him to training, and I expect him. But border collie, I had before. If I said do something, he did it. Start the car, he'd start it. <laughs> this dog, I take him to training. He goes, I got it, Dad. By the time we get home, he's like, Where were we? What did we do? I don't remember anything. Which is. Typical of a Burmese mountain dog. Well, you know what? Will you call us when you get the DNA test back and let us know what you found out? I would be glad to do that. Okay, and we'll send a, 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 a size-appropriate toy your way when we know what kind of dog it's going to grow into, okay? Yeah, maybe like a 60-pound steak would be nice for <laughs> Wayne, thank you so much for calling today. Enjoy your afternoon. Thank you. one 405 8405 You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. It's Vinnie Penn, your resident party animal. And yeah, got a theme song now on Animal Radio. 
Uh, going to get right into our topic today. Uh, interestingly enough, been talking about the, uh, been discussing uh, what the next pet is for the Penn household, and I'm thinking the bird. Uh, I had a bird when I was a kid, Harry. We named him after the mailman. The good old days of uh, Americana, of life in the suburbs. You named your pets after the mailman or the milkman. Now he's just someone you suspect is sleeping with your wife. But again, this isn't isn't about me. So I'm I'm thinking the bird thing. Uh, it's a wonderful pet and a lot of fun. Uh, lug the cage around. We have a beautiful deck in the house. Bring the cage out when we're all sitting by the pool. Uh, the one problem that I have, though, with a lot of my friends who've had birds over the years is when did it become par for the course that if you have a bird, you teach it to tell bad jokes or to cuss? I, I just, for the life of me, I, I can't understand. This is not the point of having a pet. It's like these people who have dogs now that they teach to attack. This isn't the point. We don't have pets to teach them to be belligerent or aggressive. We have pets to teach them to love and and to, to give love to and to get love from, that age-old unconditional love. Uh, several years back, I visited a friend of a friend, and he's like, hey, this is my bird, Tequila. I mean, that alone. You named him Tequila? And the bird's like, Owl! I just everybody was cracking up in the in the kitchen. These are the kinds of guys who clearly sat around in their dorm room and marveled at the pet snake someone had uh, munching on a rat or a mouse. Uh, we don't get birds to teach them to cuss or to tell jokes. There once was a man from Nantucket. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm Vinnie Penn, party animal, animal radio. Coming up after the news, Animal Planet's emergency vet, Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, is back. Don't go anywhere. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. The ASPCA announced its involvement in last week's dogfighting raid in Georgia. The American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals joined other animal welfare agencies, along with officers from the Madison County Sheriff's Department in a planned raid. The major shakedown of the alleged dogfighting operation led to the arrest of at least one man who was charged with felony dogfighting. The raid resulted in seven dogs being seized as evidence, along with dogfighting paraphernalia. The raid marked the first bust for suspected dogfighting since the passage of new state legislation May 10th, making it a felony to own, possess, train, or sell a dog in Georgia for the purpose of dogfighting. The dispute over feeding Fido fresh or grain-based pet food continues, especially since last year's pet food recall due to contaminated ingredients, there's more interest in feeding raw. Statistics show more pet owners are choosing fresh pet food since last spring. In the U.S., raw frozen pet food sales have climbed 38% between 2003 and 2007. That exceeded the annual 5-6% to sales growth of the pet food market as a whole. Stats showed the sale of fresh pet food was actually declining until 2007 when it showed a 119% leap. The fresh frozen raw pet food category includes natural and organic varieties defined as food made with whole or unrefined ingredients and natural preservatives. Volunteers are working to help deployed members of the service find safe homes for their pets while they're assigned to active duty. 
Guardian Angels for Soldiers Pet is a nonprofit organization in Arkansas ensuring military service personnel are reunited with their pets upon returning home. President Linda Sperlin Dominic says, quote, by providing safe homes for their pets, it is our hope that we can help cut down on the anxiety and uncertainty of deployment and say thank you for their service and sacrifice, end quote. To find out how to provide a foster home, become a volunteer, or make a donation, visit Guardian Angels for Soldiers Pet dot O-R-G. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Today, our pet emergency special brought to you by the American Red Cross. Good folks over there. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. For more information, visit redcross.org or petcetric.com, a proud supporter of the American Red Cross. You know, I figure a pet emergency special, you wouldn't even be able to complete it, definitely, without our friend from Pet ER on Animal Planet, Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald. Hi, how you doing? How have you been? Very well. How have you been? It's nice to hear your voice. Thanks for all you do for animals. <laughs> hey, I guess you just got out of surgery? I, I did. Was it an emergency? Well, it was. It was. And this this time of year, you know, it, it's when the exposure's up. It's when the animals are outside and they get into mischief or they get hit by cars, dog fights. People go to barbecues and they take their, their dogs that can get into garbage and get food poisoning. So this is the time of year where we, we see things that we don't see in snowy December. Well, now, let's see. You're at Alameda East, and Denver is a pretty big city, and you see a lot of the emergencies that happen there. What is the number one emergency? And the reason I ask this is I want listeners to look out for this. Don't let this happen to your pets. What is the number one emergency that you see there? Well, it, it's seasonal, Hal. It, it, it changes. You know, at this time of year, we do see an, an awful lot of poisonings, um, you know, with uh, different fertilizers and pesticides that are put down. We see... Uh, uh, heat exposure this time of year that we don't see with animals left in cars or left outside without any shade or, or, or cover. Uh, so we, this time of year, I think we'll, we'll see some typical things. This time of year, of course, um, bee stings and porcupine quills and, and skunks. These are types of encounters that are um, encounters of a, a bad kind <laughs> that, that we don't like to see but that we don't typically see in the colder weather. Uh, this time of year, also, we, we have uh, animals overheating on, on jogs, and I think we have to be realistic about how far we, we go. They love to come with us, and they're willing to go, but I think we have to be realistic about what time of day we exercise, what type of substrate the animal's on, and, and how far we go. They don't, uh, they don't have sweat glands, dogs, usually. Is that correct? That's right, except for their feet and, and uh, inside their ears a little. Um, they don't, and so the only way they can get rid of heat they're a, they're a poor animal for dissipating heat. They they can only pant, and and uh, it they can't keep up, and so it, they can overheat quickly. What are some of the signs that it's a pet emergency when our dog is overheating? The signs of overheating are uh, shortness of breath. They may become lightheaded. We may see them become comatose, uh, then even start to seizure. If they have the sweat glands in their feet, if we cover them up with booties when we're out hiking, is that going to be harmful? It's another way that they can you know, keep heat in uh, too much. And so um, it's amazing that animals can tolerate big drops in temperature and come back, but we can only take a few degrees above our normal temperature be- before we get into trouble with cell death. What about uh, critters? Can cause well, this time of year, I think bees are a big one. Mm. Depending on who you read, 1% to 3% of people 
are allergic to bee stings, and it's the same for dogs. We see bee sting uh, reactions quickly. Thankfully, we'll see them within about 15 minutes. There aren't very few, very delayed reactions to bees. <clears throat> and typically, with, with the same things that we see with swelling and pain and, and discomfort, uh, don't waste time looking for the, the, the stinger because um, recent research has shown that all the poison is out within 60 seconds. So, mm. And, and we've, we've not seen an infection caused by uh, a stinger that was left behind. It typically just falls out. Now, bees, interestingly enough, they die after they sting you because they lose their stinger. Wasps and hornets can sting you multiple times. Oh. Bees are, are uh, herbivores. They're, uh, they're vegetarians, and, and they uh, you know, typically are stung by a bee going through clover. And wasps and hornets, uh, yellow jackets, are carnivores, and they come after us on the picnics because they want your uh, bologna sandwich. Also, um, the colors that you wear will uh, can attract bees a little bit. If you, you're more likely to be stung if you're wearing dark clothing than if you're wearing white or yellow. Mm-hmm. So the, the um, dark clothing may may attract them. And so, things for bee stings, I think, with dogs, uh, it usually will get a, a swollen. Uh, they're usually stung on the face or the foot. They either step on them or they, they look down like, hey, what are you? What's that cool sound? And, and then they get nailed on the nose. But uh, using a, a little bit of ice, um, old cortisone creams, I like to give them a warm bath. That makes them feel a lot better. So should they go to the vet? Uh, I, I don't think they need to if, unless there's a, a, a reaction. And the reaction we would see are signs of respiratory distress very quickly because it's respiratory collapse. But, you know, I think just being vigilant. But this time of year, they don't seem to learn either. I had an English bulldog that she's like, ouch. And then the next day out there and here go, ouch. I, you know, Lexi, come on. Can't you figure this out? If you, if you bite those things, they sting you. Let's go on an urban safari, okay, for a second. Okay. And, and think within the last week what we've seen within Denver. We've seen peregrine falcons downtown that are, are hitting the fat pigeons. Much easier to eat a fat pigeon than to have to chase down a, li- a little field bird. <laughs> yeah, um, we, we see foxes who are very adept, as, as are raccoons, with getting into garbage cans and rats. Um, you know, one rat catcher here in Denver told me that... Um, the, the rats in Denver can figure out any type of trap within two months. They're smarter he, there, yes. He, and he, you know, he said, well, no, it's not there. Yeah, the rats in the other towns are so dumb. Yeah. These rats are we're genius rats. No, <laughs> but in rats in general, and, you know, they have a great potential for carrying disease. And, and he said that the only surefire way to get rid of uh, rodents was to remove their food source, which is garbage. Is that uh, pit bull band still, still active there in Denver? It is here in, in in Aurora. You know, we the, um, the city fathers have chosen to to uh, to do that. You know, I think that most uh, most people would tell you that uh, we need laws for for biting dogs, not breed specific. Mm. That you know, and, and to enforce the laws we have, and and to and to come down on people with with vicious dogs and make some real penalties for people that. That house them, you know. I think that uh, any breed can, can hurt us, and so I think we need to do more with education of the public. We need to do more with neutering these guys. If you look at the, the statistics for dog bites in the United States, how many times is it an uh, unneutered male who's left for long hours on a chain with no, <clears throat> he's had no training, and a toddler unfortunately gets away from mama and wanders up mm-hmm. so it's the same thing again and again and, and so great reasons for obedience schools and, and neutering and, and being a real complete pet owner do you find that uh, 
guardians of uh, pit bulls are reluctant to get medical care because of the laws? I hope that's not true. I mean, if they're sick, they're sick, and we, we need to, to, to treat them, you know. The bottom line is that we're here to take care of sick animals, mm-hmm. and, and we need to protect the public. So we're with Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald. It's been a little while since you've been on the air with us. Uh, yeah, what's wrong? I, I need to be on more. And, you know, I thought it was me. I thought it was something that I said. No, I'm in the reserves, man, anytime. Hey, listen, anytime. Uh, what do you have on the future horizon? Are you working? Are you doing comedy? Uh, or is it all vet? Because all play and no work, no all work and no well, play. I, I, I've done some great things. I, I got to go with... Um, my friend Dr. Kenny from the Denver Zoo up to Churchill to a, a polar bear site where he had been before and has a study site. And then I've been down with Dr. Mater, Doug Mater down at the Turtle Hospital. Got to work with um, some sick sea turtles and release some sea turtles. And then uh, go with my friend Dr. Carol Walton and veterinarians from uh, the North American Veterinary Society. We went down to Antarctica to take a look at penguins, so it's been a big year. Wow. Any of this recorded? Will we see any of this on TV? You'll see some of it, so yeah. But mainly, I think it, it's a great time of year to enjoy your buddy and to get out there and, and do some fun things. You know, we, we can get out there and do some nice hikes, and, and there's a lot of dog-friendly hikes around Denver, and I know other big cities in the United States have places where, uh, you know, they, they love to, they depend on us for, for their existence, you know, I mean, and let's sure that we enrich their their time, huh? And get out there and do something fun. Okay, so as soon as animal radio is over, turn off your radio. Go get your dog. Even your get cat. Get off the couch for once. <laughs> you <laughs> fat thing. <laughs> Kick your legs over. You, 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 you fat guy. And go ahead and get and walk with you. You know, right? We can, right. We, we can say, it's good for you or it's good for them. So, you know, turn off that radio and get out there and do something. Now, you know, you heard it from, you heard it from Al. Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hey, Julie, you have to get one of these return WAP pet tags for Daisy. Last week, Max got lost and was back home in just two hours. Really? How does it work? It's simple. Each pet tag has a unique ID number, which is linked to your name and number. If Daisy ever gets lost, the finder just calls Return WAS 1-800 number. It's totally safe, confidential, and rewarding. Check out www.returnmypets.com. Don't delay. Protect your pet today at www.returnmypets.com. Animal Radio is brought to you by Flavicin. Flavicin improves joint function in dogs, keeping cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy and joints flexible in the body of aging animals. To find out more about this breakthrough formula, visit www.yourolderdog.com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Have you seen the latest Bandablings? Don't know what a Bandabling is? 
Bandablings are a classy new way to wear the old classic pet bandana. Adorned with beautiful jacquard trims, embroidered appliques, and whimsical charms, Bandablings are the only pet bandana with a unique adjustable snap closure. Just snap on, snap off, and go. No more ties or Velcro. Check out www.bandabling.com to find a retailer near you. We join Animal Radio, already in progress. They have uh, poodle disguises for pit bulls and Dobermans and Rottweilers. If you have one of those breeds, you disguise it as a poodle. Well, Hal wants to get a poodle, but he wants to disguise it as a Rottweiler. Yes. Be a manly dog. Uh, what are you guys saying? I don't know what, you, what they are talking about. I mean, all my life, I wanted to have a daughter. You know, my wife brought me two sons. I still cannot forgive her. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's the man that determines the sex of the child body. You, I know. It's maybe in America. Yes. In Russia. In you Russia, controlled it's that. Her, it was her fault. No, anyway. no, 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 no. It's Putin's fault. I, you know, they say if you drink a lot, if you drink a lot of alcohol, that you're predisposed to having a girl. That would oh, say really? you're, you're a heavy vodka drinker is what that would mean. Oh, I don't. That's my problem is, you know, I don't drink the vodka too much because I was, I am I came from the wine type of this part of the Soviet ah. Union. Oh. Yeah, in that part of the Soviet Union, you know, hell, when you go to the sink and open faucet, the, literally wine comes out. <laughs> we, like, yeah, we have a special line for the wine. And every proud uh, household owner has um how say in English like it's an um cellar basement cellar yeah yes. and the wine goes the wine in the big uh, how say it in English like uh, wood uh, oh a cask cask yes and after that it goes directly to the sink mm. yeah if you come to me back there first thing what I would do I would bring you to the cellar. And after that, we will try it there, and after we will continue to try it on the upstairs. <laughs> Russia is a huge, and the culture-wise, and the skin color-wise, and, uh, you know, it's a just, you know, you can go from one part to another, and the um, difference would be much, much bigger than going from Michigan to Texas or to California. Mm, yes, big place. <laughs> what do you have coming up on the show today? I'm going to talk about today the smartest breed in the world versus dumbest one. It, you, you must you must listen to that, people. Also, 1-866-405-8405. That's the number to talk to Vladi or any one of our experts, Dr. Jill, Dr. Debbie, or Joy Turner. It's a joy show. We have a joy show going on this weekend. We do. Joy Turner, animal communicator or extraordinaire, she'll be answering your questions, talking to your animals. And if you want to talk to your animal through Joy, you can do that right now at 866-405-8405. And the other Joy, Joy Behar from The View. Woohoo! She's a very funny lady. She was a comedian before she joined The View. She'll be on Animal Radio. I guess they're having Alpo. Is it Alpo? Uh-huh. They're, they're looking for some kind of dog to be on 2.5 million cans of Alpo. It could wow. be your dog, and it could be worth $10,000. Also, Rebecca Coles, she's on the way. She's telling us how to deal with those pesky mosquitoes. Ooh, we're having a problem here. You don't want your dog to get, or your cat, or any of your animals, to get bit by a mosquito that's carrying Lyme disease. That could be fatal for no, them. No, carrying the West Nile disease. That uh, could be fatal for Carrying them. anything. Even just a little <laughs> scratchy itch. You don't want that. That's all on the way right here on Animal Radio. Stick around. Hi, this is Richard Karn from Home Improvement, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Now remember to spray and neuter your dog. <laughs> it's a good idea to spray and neuter your animals. 
Spay and neuter, always adopt, don't declaw. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Zoo2.com, where pet lovers share opinions on anything related to pets, and everything you do earns points to help pet shelters and rescue groups. That's Z-O-O-T-O-O.com, bringing pet lovers together to help pets and each other. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. In Germany, a herd of wild boars helped capture a suspected car thief. Police say the 18-year-old abandoned the stolen SUV he was driving after failing to shake off a chasing police car by driving into a field. Police nabbed his passenger right away, but they say the driver initially got away by running into the woods. Searching officers then heard someone screaming for help. It was the fugitive who had run into a herd of angry wild boars protecting their young. Police freed the relieved suspect from the boars and took him into custody. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. And welcome back to Animal Radio 1-866-405-8405. This hour, Animal Radio's on-call vet is Dr. Debbie. Hi, Doc. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great today. You ready to go to the phones? I'm ready. Bring them on. Hi, who's this? Hey, this is Worthy. How you doing? What's your name again? Worthy, W-O-R-T-H-E-Y. Wow, Worthy. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I hear people say, we're not Worthy, we're not Worthy. I'm like, no, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on with Dr. Debbie. Hey, I had a quick question about my cat. I have a cat. I've had him since 2002. He's probably a couple of months old, so I don't know how old that is in cat years. But I've noticed when he came home, and I I couldn't believe I couldn't pick up on it, the bottom of his chin looks real dark. It looks black, and I see, like, little red specks under there. And then I noticed that his tail, um, some of the hair, his tail used to be big and fluffy, now it looks like some of the hair has came out. I thought maybe some kids had cut the hair on his tail or something, but further uh-huh. towards his rear end, it's like a, a lot of hair, but then it's not bushy as before, so I'm getting concerned. Well, sure. Well, where are you calling from, Worthy? I'm calling from Murfreesboro, North Carolina. I'm originally from New York. Oh, fabulous. So you've got some good humidity out there in North Carolina. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, but not that much traffic. I miss the traffic. <laughs> and what's your kitty's name? His name is Nipsey, N-I-P-S-E-Y. Nipsey, all right. Mm-hmm. Now, does Nipsey seem kind of bothered by this? Do you see him scratching, chewing at the areas, anything of that, that line? No, I only notice that when he's eating, he's a little bit, he kind of eats a little slow now. Okay. I guess like it's bothering him. Okay. And... Does does Nipsey go outside, or is he an indoor kitty? He's an indoor-outdoor cat. A little bit of both. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you have um, a problem with fleas? Have you noticed much of an issue? Do you have them on prevention? No. I got the uh, the little tube that you buy, and you put it at the uh, back of his neck. I use uh-huh. those for the uh, flea, because I used to have a flea collar, so I started okay. using those. Yeah, and I'm not a tremendous fan of flea collars. Um, I just would want to make sure you are using a very good flea product, you know, with direction with your veterinarian, because there's some that are not safe for cats Mm -hmm. and that some that are. Yeah, because the collar Um, that I had was a breakaway collar, the one that I did have. 
Uh, there okay. was a, it wasn't a flea collar, but it was a regular collar. But I noticed that I had been I bought three within one week. So I was oh like, my. I was like, is somebody um, because I had a problem once where somebody was you know messing with my cat, and I said, is somebody taking the collars off? Or he's getting hung on to something. So that that has concerned me. But when I saw his chin, that's when the alert you know went off for me. Yeah. Well, on his chin area, I'm a little bit interested that maybe he might have some um, acne started and believe it or not cats are very prone to feline acne where their little pores get kind of clogged up with dirt and oil and um, that can eventually proceed into like full-blown um, pustules you know, like oh, wow. the, the worst uh, zits you'd ever seen uh-huh. so so that would be a concern and that can sometimes be just from a natural problem that happens in some cats. Okay. Um, we believe some of them may not groom really well. Mm-hmm. Um, some cats can have excess oil production or even some irritation from um, bowls in, mm-hmm. in feeding dishes. So that could be something to explain that up there. Okay. However, the back end, there could be a lot more going on in that situation. And I definitely want to make sure we do a really good flea check on him because okay. that is a prime area where we really can see some signs of irritation with fleas okay um, and kind of a quick trick you can do to kind of look for that is mm-hmm. to kind of feather the hair back mm-hmm. and watch the skin and look to see if you see anything that resembles pepper okay and if you do that's flea poop or flea excrement okay. so that can be a sign we need to go down the, the parasite route okay but there are definitely a lot of other like allergy type problems we see in cats, and that can cause them to lose hair, mm. to chew back there, and um, sometimes even on the underbelly. No, you said that was the only area he had, or does he have other spots that he has hair loss? Yes, his tail, and the best way to explain it, it was like a Christmas tree, and now it's like, what in the world happened? And it was so quick, and I see him every day. I just, you know, was bringing him in the house, and I was rubbing his tail, and I was like, okay, something is not right. You used to have a lot of hair on your tail. Yeah, and, and I know you mentioned the possibility of some misdeed by people in the neighborhood. I, mm-hmm. If that's a concern, I would certainly advise we keep Nipsey yeah. inside because he'll stay healthy longer that way. Right. Okay. And is he currently on any other kinds of medications or anything for this? None at all. Okay. Well, I think we've got some things we could potentially try. Okay. If he does have acne in the chin area, Mm -hmm. there are definitely some antibiotics and some topical creams that kind of help to clear those pores and basically put them on not any human products for zits. We want to avoid that. But there are some really good cat products for that. Where can you get those? Do you have to go to your vet to get those shampoos? Not necessarily all of them. Um, It it would be best to talk to your veterinarian and make sure the cat is examined so we get you on the right stuff. Mm. Um, There are prescription-grade shampoos, and then there's some just general um, anti-allergy shampoos that are over-the-counter. So you just probably want to get directed down the right line. Okay. You mentioned uh, bowls. uh, They can have an allergic reaction that could cause acne on their chin. Is that what you said? Yeah. Actually, some cats have an irritation with plastics. So if we see problems with cat acne, one of the first things we want to do is go away from the plastic bowls and go more to like a ceramic or even a stainless steel bowl. And that many times can really help and um, alleviate at least the surface irritation. Okay. We uh, we wish you luck there. Let us know how that turns out. We appreciate your time, Worthy. And give, Thank you so much. Hey, no problem. Give Nipsey a big old hug from all of us, okay? I sure will.
This is Animal Radio Network. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And it is time again for Animal Radio's Animal Communicator. That, of course, is Joy Turner. Hi, Joy. How are you doing? I'm marvelous, Hal. How's it going with you? I'm ready to talk to some animals or let you talk to some animals. Okay, let's do it. Hi, who's this? Oh, hi. This is Kathy. Hi, Kathy. How are you doing? Good. You are on with Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi, Kathy. Um, my dogs were home when there was a burglary at my house, and I was just wondering what they have to say about it, if they were traumatized by it. Okay, and I need to know your dogs' names. I've got Waylon and Willie. Both boys? Yes. Okay, hold on a second. Well, interestingly, Willie is the first one that wanted to come talk, and he's wondering, what kind of dogs are these, Kathy? They're wiener dogs, dachshunds. Okay, he's wondering if they didn't do something correctly. Would you have had them do something different than they did? No, because they were fine and they didn't seem to be hurt. I think they probably ran under the bed, which was good. They did. Willie tells me they ran and hid. Good. And um, they were very concerned, though, about the people being there. They were discussing it later and thought, well, maybe we should have done something. Maybe we should have gone and barked and tried to do something so they were the most trauma that they're feeling is the thought that they should have done something than different than they did do oh okay i was worried because there was a brick found in the middle of the living room and it hadn't ricocheted off of anything and it wasn't near the glass and i thought later when they crawled up on my lap and were clinging to me i thought oh my gosh they were going to hit them with that brick if they if they got in their way well, perhaps they were going to, but they didn't because the puppies can read their intent. They knew that the people that came in were not good people and they had intent to do harm, which is why they went out of their way and stayed out of their way. Oh, good. So they're not too traumatized by it other than they feel guilty that they didn't do something about it? Yes, they feel like maybe they should have done something because, after all, when they were discussing it, they said, after all, they were the dogs, and, you know, dogs are supposed to keep the house safe sometimes, they thought, so perhaps they weren't doing their correct job. And what I want to tell them is that they did a perfect job, that if anything like that happens, the moms and dads of puppies always want the puppy safety first. Exactly. So they needed was, to be safe, and if they got if they did that, then their job was done perfectly. Exactly. They did the right thing because I was so glad they weren't hurt. Mm. I, I would have just been devastated if one of them had been hurt. And they want you to know that animals always can read the intentions. So, so they, they knew they were bad men that came in. They knew they, yes, they did. They knew they were bad people. Oh, good. And they stayed in the house. They left the door open, and the boys didn't go out. Oh, they said no. They wouldn't have dared to go out. That was so good because uh, I worried about that. Okay, so. Out. Oh, thank you, Joy. I appreciate it. That makes me feel much better. You're very welcome, Kathy. Thanks for your call, Kathy. I'm glad the dachshunds are okay. And uh, did they catch the crooks? They did catch them uh, the next day. They caught them, but that was the second time they robbed me. They wiped me out the first time, and they came back for jewelry the mm. second time. And I was only gone an hour and 20 minutes. But my dogs were home, and I was just scared to death. The boys, the dogs, think that they were watching, these men were watching your house. They had to be, because I left, and I came back an hour and 
20 minutes later, and they had hit me again. So they had to have watched me leave. So the boys are right on that. And they said at some point you can talk to them about what if they sense that they're out there again, what do you want them to do? Um, I did install an alarm system, so I just want them to stay clear of them. Okay, so what I'll tell them is if they come again, there'll be a big, huge, loud noise, and then they need to go hide again. Right. I want them to hide. Don't challenge these people. And then the next There are more burglars out there. Okay. And I want to tell them the next group of people after the big, loud noise will be the ones that are coming to make everything safe again. Right. Okay. Thank you, Joy. I appreciate it. one 405 8405 Now, remember, you can get your Joy Turner fix five days a week at AnimalRadio.com. We are streaming online, of course, if you don't know that. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, of course, you can set up an appointment to talk to Joy. Mano y mano. Head on over to her website at TalkWithYourAnimals.com. And don't forget links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. We have more Animal Radio on the way. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Judy, I think it's important to point out that when we first had Rebecca Coles on, my garden looked like... Well, you know what it looked like. It didn't look very good. Neither did my lawn. But over the years, she's she's brought so many tips to the table that I actually have a beautiful garden now. You like it? You've done very well with Rebecca's help, I have to admit. And that's why I needed to get her back on the phone again. A horrible mosquito season here. Oh, uh, isn't it horrible? Yeah. Well, mosquitoes, one thing you got to know about mosquitoes, no matter where you are, it's the females that are out looking for the blood meal. I knew it! (laughs) Yes, the females, they need that blood meal in order to lay eggs. And once they get that blood, I'll tell you what, they can lay hundreds, if not thousands of eggs in a very short period of time. So you're telling me the mosquitoes that bite me are not male mosquitoes? They are not, they are not male mosquitoes. Oh, no. Okay. No, they are the females. Once they get their, the blood mill that they need to lay eggs, all they are doing now is searching your property for any trace of moisture. Mm. We're talking a, a, a symbol full of water is all it takes to mm. become a love shack for mosquitoes. Wow. Yes. So what I tell people is, um, first of all, every day, you know, if you're in the morning, in the afternoon, whenever you're out strolling your garden, be sure to keep your eyes peeled for any stagnant water. And that's what we need to preface. It's water that sits. Your, um, your water gardens that move are not susceptible to the mosquitoes because the larvae can't hatch in that. So any place that the water is sitting. So what you want to do is if you have saucers that collect the water under the plants, be sure you dump them regularly. Okay. And that means every day if you have, you know, just a trowel that's sitting there somewhere in the garden, that little concave area is enough to collect water. It's enough to lay eggs in. So, so get rid of the water as much as you can. Another thing you can do is try to keep um, try to keep things dry, which means if you can water in the morning and then by the afternoon things are dried up, that's going to help because the mosquitoes are coming out at dusk. They're going to lay their eggs, and if they can't find a moist area in your garden, they're going to go to somebody else's. Mm. If you do have water features in your garden, maybe it's a bird bath, maybe it is a water garden, but it has stagnant pools. There are 
organic little tablets that you can buy. They fall under the name of like mosquito dunks or something like that. But you can find them. You simply drop them into the water, and that will kill any larva that hatches in the mosquitoes. Mm. So if you've got bird baths that you're constantly, usually if you constantly keep them filled, you're okay. But any stagnant water areas, drop one of those tablets in. It doesn't harm the fish, the environment pets or anything else, but it does harm the larva of the mosquitoes. Now, in creating your garden, would you want to make your water feature maybe a uh, waterfall so the water is always moving? Well, that's always a good idea. If you can have moving water, that's going to help. If you can add fish to your pool. Mm. Fish love Mm. larvae, and they (laughs) will eat those mosquitoes like no tomorrow. So be sure that you have either koi or goldfish to any of your larger water features. And also, um, keep in mind when you're out gardening, the worst time to garden is early in the morning and, of course, at, in the late evening when the sun goes down. So if that's the only time you have, just dress head to toe with tightly woven clothes. Um, it's better the lighter the color. Um, for what it's worth, now here's some fun little facts that I found out, that mosquitoes prefer blondes over brunettes. <laughs> um, they like mouth breathers. Uh, because of the carbon dioxide. They're actually attracted to us breathing out of our mouth. So, uh, you know, you have to breathe, but that's a problem. That's why they're attracted <laughs> those, to you. Those blonde mouth breathers, you got to watch out for those. <laughs> yes, and the heavier set people are, are more attractive to, to mosquitoes. So uh, what, what a better reason to get out there and diet. Uh-huh. Uh, bleach your hair if you have to. But anyway, so um, not that it makes a big difference. But if you do go out, um, you know, I did a lot of research on, on mosquitoes mosquito, different kind of mosquito controls that you can put on yourself. A lot of the natural products work very well. They work, but for short, limited time. So if you're going out, make sure you take that with you wherever you go and just reapply it. And, and, and finally, if you have um, dry cleaner sheets, take one of those, tuck it in your back pocket, take a piece and tuck it in your front pocket. The smell from those dry cleaner sheets really messes with the the olfactory units of the mosquito. Can we put that wow. around the uh, collar of our dogs? Because that, that's what really what it's about. We don't want our dogs and cats to get bitten by mosquitoes. Uh, that could uh, obviously lead to Lyme disease. Exactly. Exactly. And if you do, if you're older and you still want a garden and you have to face that, you know, it is worth putting on a, a product that does have the deep because we know that works. Are there um, plants that, uh, that repel mosquitoes? Well, you know, that's interesting because for the longest time, you know, people were selling citronella to to gardeners saying, oh, this will repel mosquitoes. Well, here's what they don't tell you, is that it does repel mosquitoes if you smash the plant and bruise it so Mm. that the the volatile oils are released, because again, that messes with the noses of the mosquito. However, we're not going to be sitting there smashing mosquitoes all night, so that is a problem, Um, and that's why they're not effective. Um, The citronella candles, they might work a little bit, but in very short clusters of space. So you, you would need a lot of the citronella candles. Um, people have told me that basil planted around a patio tends to keep the mosquitoes away. I haven't tested that one myself, but I do know that when I'm in my herb garden that it seems like there's not as many mosquitoes there as, say, in my tomato garden. Mm-hmm. So, so that's something that's interesting. And then finally, bats. Everybody is, you know, creeped out about bats. 
Bats are fabulous, not only as pollinators, but they will eat those nocturnal insects that we don't want, like mosquitoes. So one little brown bat will feast all night long on mosquitoes. Mm. So if you have a, a bat house, great. If not, you might want to think about erecting one <laughs> on the east side of a building. Really, the east side? The east side, they like the morning sun. They don't want it. It gets too hot if it's in the south or west side. And the bats, you know, bats are great little furry creatures. They are not dangerous. In fact, you know, the, the biggest thing was they, if you remember back in the day where they flew inside your hair. Well, really what happened there is that's where the gnats and the mosquitoes go because they're attracted. And so the bats would come down to actually get the, the insect and not the person's hair. So that's where that developed. Quickly, are there anything, what do you put on your dog to keep mosquitoes away? Do you use anything organic? Uh, you know, I don't, and here's why, because I live in a very wooded area, oh. and I sat with my vet. I tried, like, the different kinds of essential oils, and the bottom, because I did have a dog die from Lyme's disease, and it mm. was the most horrible, oh, no. painful death for not only us, but for the dog. And and so we do, you know, I, I, it's uh, some sort, it's like the front line that you put on once a month. The strong stuff. The strong stuff. And, and you know, for us, it was... As we consulted with the vet, it was the best option for us because of where we live, because sure. our dog lives in the woods with ticks and mosquitoes. RebeccaColes.com is the website. You can pick up on the fall issue. That's the next issue of Seasons by Rebecca, and, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. By the way, that is Rebecca, K-O-L-L. S.com. Rebecca, thanks so much for joining us again. My pleasure. We're going to let you go plant, go back to your garden. What were you planting? Um, actually, I'm laying down newspaper around my tomato plants where the weeds have just suddenly popped up out of everywhere. So I'm putting down newspaper and grass clippings. And will that keep the uh, weeds away? Yeah, what it does is the newspaper smothers any seed that's trying to germinate because it won't let the sun in. And then any of the weeds that have already germinated, because the newspaper will prevent the sun from getting to it, it in keep it dark, it will kill whatever out there right now. Your tips are so cool. Well, it's organic. So, you know, I could go out there and spray a herbicide and pesticide and kill everything, but this way, you know, I'm living in harmony with nature, right? Absolutely. And the weeds are winning. Rebecca Coles is on Animal Radio. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Return Moi Pet Tag. Protect your cat or dog this summer with Return Moi Pet Tag. Over 90% of lost pets with Return Moi Pet Tags reunite with their owners. Don't delay. Protect your pet today at www.returnmypets.com. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. 
celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Okay, so um, you should hear some of the conversation that goes on. Behind the mic, when the mics are turned on. When the commercials are running. (laughs) Talking about, uh, you were talking about being spayed yourself. Uh Uh-huh. Whether or not I needed to be neutered. I think you definitely need to be neutered. Let's uh, go to the phones, 1-866-405-8405. Who's this? Hello? Hi, who is this? Hi, this is Casey. Hi, Casey. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Where are you calling from today? Los Angeles. L.A. Casey, thank you for calling me from L.A., Los Angeles, the entertaining capital of America. Yes, sir. (laughs) What do you do? Are you a truck driver? No, no, I'm uh, a... Are you from um, immigration agencies to pick me up, or where are you from? What what do you do? I'm a special assistant for the school district. Okay, so you should understand what discipline means, and uh, I really appreciate your call. So how can I help you? Okay, well, I have my dog that seems uh, to be selective with certain dogs that he feels like... I believe is a threat or something, so he starts getting really aggressive, even though the dog has nothing to do with him. So I have to, okay. like, hold him down and soothe him and whatever, try and keep him calm and, so and he, he doesn't have and, that aggressive nature. Casey, 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 you, you're doing worse than better, you know, uh, because by soothing him and uh, calming him down, it's a human emotion. It's a canine emotion from the canine perspective, you're telling him, Good boy, be more aggressive. So let's be sorted out, and I will walk you through. So what breed you have? Well, he's a mixed breed of a German Shepherd with, a, I guess, Rottweiler, God knows. Okay, so he's yeah. mutt. It sounds like me. He's a mutt, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and what age? At this point, he's 13. You know, I've been dealing with this for years, and I have not been able to prevail. 14 years old. And how many years you, you you were thirteen, whatever. And how, and how many years uh, and how many years you you were dealing with that for thirteen years or ten years or? Uh, well, for like the last ten years, I'd say. Oh boy. You know, okay. Okay. I've, I've done everything I can. I can. I turn to be. You know, I try to be mean to them. I try to. You know. Nothing to be mean. You have to be assertive. I mean, being assertive and being mean has nothing to do. You know what the difference is? Yeah. Assertive person stay on its own feet, and mean person stay on somebody's feet. You know, uh, that's the main differences. You know, yeah. and uh, so you try to correct him in other words, and uh, yeah, I try and nothing... to do everything I, I possibly could think of. And okay, that if he if he's already bit someone. He never bit a human being. Uh, what about dog? He he ended up biting other dogs. Yes. How badly? I'm sorry. How badly? Well, just a little puncture, thank goodness. Nothing severe. And uh, it's it happened just to, you know, get the dog away from him or whatever if they're like okay. too close to him. Casey, it's happened around delicious or when they were on their own. Either way, on the leash, on his own, you know. Okay. Uh, I've had him on the leash next to me, and the dog comes up and wants to jump and play. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean, like, every dog is, like, 
he picks and chooses which one. You see, that's the big hope. But right now, I'm trying to just pull all those questions from you, you know, like dentists pulling the teeth, in order to uh, figure out uh, what is the real situation. Is what you just said to me make a big, a great sense for me? Uh, you know, when the dog jump on someone, I mean, let's say, if I would just go right now in the downtown Detroit, somebody approached to me, just smack me on the shoulder, say, "Hey, what's up, Vladi? How was your day today?" I mean, I maybe take it offensive too. You know, if somebody approached to me nicely over there and just say, Vladi, how was your day today? It's a different scenario. Some dogs are born on one side of the scale or another. Some dogs have a different level of sensitivities, different, uh, they, they take a different uh, different take to this type of interaction. Uh, if your dog hasn't been socialized well with another dogs, or you did not, if you did not establish your leadership, and by using that leadership, you would not continue socialize him through the different stages of his developing. He created some problem. As far as uh, as far as I understand, you have a double problem: antwer humans, antwer dogs. Am I right? No, just with dogs, not with humans. Just with dogs, not with the humans. Okay, so uh, dogs are born, like I said, some of them better socialized with the humans and not with the dogs, and vice versa works too. When we're dealing with this on the early stage, it's easy to swing around. Now you have a really problem here. So what I would do first, first of all, I'm going to give you one secret. We're going to cut off his aggression in 50% in one spot. You need to first teach him, do, stop from two things. Number one, stop him from pulling you on the leash as you walk. And number two, stop him from barking. Uh, invest some money in a good six-foot leather leash. Invest money in a good pinch collar. Put on the dog and teach him walk without pulling. The dog is ahead of you. Turn around. Snap the leash. Get back to the chosen directions. The dog turn around and sniff. No sniff command. Snap with the left hand. And, and the snap needs to be not just hurt or something. It should be like um, like surprise factor. You should be just like like the um, strike, like, uh, you know, just a uh, dog bite. You have to imitate it. to wake him up or surprise him, more like. Uh, I know that, but, but it's not about that. That's about you will surprise. The dogs hate surprise. I know. you got to use it. You're not going to hurt him, but use very mild, but use the quick snap, like Tuckman dog motion, pop, 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 like bites. So every time when he redirects his attention to you, good boy, good boy. So what I would do first... I would not, I would focusing his attention on you. If he's focusing his attention on you, he's going to ignore another dogs. So I would not allow him to bark on another dogs as I passing, passing by. I'm not, I don't care right now. In Russia we say, who lost head, don't cry about the hair. Don't tell me right now I want him play with another dogs right now. It's not about that right now. I, what, what, what is it right now? We should teach him ignoring other dogs. So, first step is ignoring. So, focusing his attention on you all the time as you walk. Once he ignoring other dogs, he will use to them and eventually will like some of them. Not all of them from what you tell to me right now. So, after when I do this, uh, I'm going to achieve my first step. Second, second, I will stop him from barking. Uh, every time he barks home or... Or on, or on the leash, uh, if on the leash, I will snap the leash. If uh, he barking home, I will uh, toss a shaking can next to him as I make, ah, boom, thank you. 
uh, and I will make that sound very decisive. Maybe use a CO2, CO2 compressed air device from the bicycle shop. If you don't know what it is, uh, you didn't listen to us before, please email me. I will let you know what it is. And uh, I will stop him from barking. Listen, if I stop him from barking, he will not going to be police officer anymore. If I stop him from pulling, he's not going to be leader anymore. So he, you momentarily decrease decrease his social status. That's the important part. After that, right. I will just put the muzzle on him. Okay, let him wear this muzzle for a while, so he would used to. And after get them, get him around nice dogs. I'm not gonna get the crazy dogs. We're gonna jump on them and uh, like previous caller calls. They have the Labrador Retriever who can just jump on the ceiling and back and bouncing. I'm not gonna get to that. It's not. It's not no, gonna no, be fixed. No, no, no. And usually those yeah, are just, the ones that make him nervous or the ones that yeah. get aggressive. It's the ones that jump around. Okay, and the you ones will that never are get very over calm and mellow. He's great with them. Okay, so Matt, do those two things. He will gonna definitely will be better with the rest of the dogs. But this is his personality. You cannot change his personalities. Okay, don't expect him to be nice at this age. It's like it's like teaching the uh, 65 years old or 75 years old man to new rules. It's not going to happen. I, I tell you very realistically. That's with your mm -hmm. realistic expectation. You can be him around the nice dog, and it's gonna get even much better because what I just did, I just I just um, revealed for you one of my biggest incredible secret, which is the way how you behave toward your dog will have a direct effect how he going to re relate himself for another dogs or humans. Decrease his social status for the structures, no jumping on the furniture, no slipping with him, put some obedience training in him, stop him from pulling you on the leash, stop him from barking. You will see a lot of improvements in his behavior around in other dogs because he will lose alliance with you and you will diminish his social position all aggression comes from the social from from high social position thank you matt for your calling thank you one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five this is the vladi world famous russian dog wizard exclusively for animal radio you're listening to animal radio you can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Is it an emergency or not? Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys for Animal Radio. Can you tell the difference between a veterinary problem that's urgent and a life-threatening emergency that should send you racing to the ER? Well, let's see. Here's an example. After walking home on a hot day, your dog sits down and refuses to move. She's panting heavily. Those are the symptoms of hyperthermia, and if left untreated, can cause permanent brain damage, kidney or liver disease, and even death. Here's another one. Within an hour after a meal, your dog starts drooling and becomes restless. He starts gagging, but nothing comes up. Those are the symptoms of bloat. This is a medical emergency, and you need immediate surgical help. Here's another. Your cat jumps onto the stove and puts a paw down on a hot burner. The paw is blistered, red, swollen, and tender. This is a deep, limited burn, and such burns usually heal pretty well. Although there may be some scarring, it's not a medical emergency. And finally, here's another look. Your dog looks and acts as though he has a bad cold. His eyes are red, his nose is running, and he sneezes and coughs. Well, these might be the symptoms of dog flu, which is highly contagious. Call your veterinarian, but ask before you take your dog in. You don't want to infect other animals at the clinic. 
There are thousands of these scenarios, but as a responsible pet owner, you should know what's an emergency and what's not. Never be hesitant, however, to call your veterinarian. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. You're not finally something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Police in Springville, Utah say a teenage driver lost control of her car while scrambling to capture her pet gerbil. While the 17-year-old was trying to catch her gerbil who had gotten out of his cage, she veered off the road, hitting a stranded truck hooked up to another truck with jumper cables. The impact pushed the two trucks together, pinning a woman in between. She suffered a broken leg, and a male co-worker helping the woman with her truck also suffered a broken leg. Neither the teenager or the gerbil were hurt, and no charges have been brought against her at this time, but I'm sure she's learned a valuable lesson. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, and remember how very, very important it is to spay or neuter your pet. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Hello, I'm Kay Brown reporting for Animal Radio. We've mentioned in past news bulletins about the economy affecting pet owners all around the world. Well, in Japan, an animal lover there has resorted to holding up convenience stores to feed his pets. Japanese media branded Takaharu Kawata the dog man after he was caught on a surveillance camera waving a knife and wearing an oversized black and white dog mask. The 28-year-old told police he'd seen robberies on TV and thought it was the only way he could get enough money to feed his two dogs five cats, five turtles, two snakes, and an aquarium of tropical fish. The dog man's now in custody. His pets are being looked after by a pet store. Relatives of a two-year-old Californian boy are now singing the praises of the nutritional content of dried cat food after it saved the life of their little boy in a home alone for six days. The Sacramento Bee says it appears the toddler's mother died of natural causes, leaving the little boy to survive on whatever he could find in the house, which turned out to be dry cat food. A social worker passing the house called police after hearing the toddler crying inside. You won't hear many stories about dog bites in this news bulletin, but sometimes a dog bite can be a good thing. Just ask the New Jersey family of 12-year-old Jessa McMahon, whose dog Princess attacked a man who tried to grab the little girl while the pair were out for a walk. According to Jessica, the German Shepherd Cross Labrador leapt to her defence when the strange man grabbed at her neck, biting the would-be abductor on the leg, scaring him off. Good doggy. Well, Brazilian prison officials had a problem. The inmates were somehow getting drugs and cell phones inside, even though they'd installed high-tech surveillance equipment to keep them out. 
Then they noticed a couple of carrier pigeons looking like they'd had a very big lunch. They were having trouble, in fact, keeping airborne. You guessed it, those crafty crooks in Sao Paulo State Prison had been training the birds to smuggle in goods using cell phone-sized pouches on their backs. Now, like their trainers, the birds are behind bars. That's our Pet News Wrap-Up for this week. I'm Kay Brown, reporting for Animal Radio. For more information, go to pettalkradio.com.au. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at animalradio.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Dr. Jill, hi Doc, how are you doing? I'm doing really great. Guess what? What? Today is Tank's birthday. Oh, the bulldog. How he's, old? He's two. For the first time listener, Tank, of course, is your office dog that you have there. Big dog, huh? Yeah, he's um, he's compact, but he weighs 65 pounds, but he's a bulldog. And he slobbers a lot, does he not? No, no. He has gas and he snores. Oh, I knew it was something like that. I, I forgot what it was. So now the terrible twos. Yeah, he's in his terrible twos. Let's go to the phones, one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? Uh, this is Wayne. Hey, Wayne, how are you doing? Good, how are you today? Very well. What can we do for you today? Well, I've never had this problem before. I've had ferrets in the past. Uh-huh. Uh, the one I have currently, um, I won't say the company, but buy all my ferrets to this uh, one ferret company, and we use all their products, their food and their shampoos and stuff. We're having problems with her. She's itching real bad, and we've had her. We've checked her real close, looked at her real carefully, and everything, and we can't find any little critters on her. But she's just always scratching and all over. Not not with any one certain spot. It's all over. And it's a female ferret. Yes, it is. And she's been spayed, right? Yes. And how old is she? Six and a half now. Okay. And she never did this before. No, she's been doing it maybe about the last year i guess or so we've been trying ferret shampoos that are supposed to help moisturize her skin and everything but it doesn't seem to help i don't know if it is dry skin or something else is it all you said she's scratching all over her right yes and she doesn't have any fleas or parasites you see no we've even held her and moved her hair out of the way and used magnifying glasses and everything (laughs) and can't find anything on her well it, it may you know if if you rolled out the fleas because fleas can, you know, fleas can get on ferrets too, um, right. just like they would on your cat or your dog. But if you're ruling out fleas, and it, it sounds like it, you know, she does have some kind of allergy, and a lot of times you can't tell what they're allergic to. It could be many different things. It could be one of the ingredients in her foods. It could be a protein in her food. It could be something in the air that makes her itchy. So it's hard to tell exactly what it is. Um, the best thing to do is if you, if you go to your vet, make sure you go to one that has a background in, in ferrets, of course. You know, check her out. They may want to put her on a special diet to rule out a food allergy. And they can also do some testing um, that will try to figure out exactly what she's allergic to. There's not any veterinary um, dermatologists that are experts in ferrets, but probably what I'd do is I'd go to a ferret veterinarian and maybe have them consult with a veterinary dermatologist so they can combine both of their knowledge base and try to figure out what's going on. Um, ferrets can have allergies. It's not it doesn't seem like it's as common as you see it in dogs or cats. It seems like dogs and cats nowadays... Everybody's dog or cat has some kind of allergy, but they do have allergies, and they can look exactly alike 
you know, she could be allergic to several different things, and it's going to look exactly alike. And you have to do a little bit of some testing, maybe do a food trial and see if that does help her. I guess I may have to go to another town. I'm not in a real big town. We do have uh, three different vets, and I've called them all, and none of them really Uh do anything with ferrets. Okay. Well, you know what? If you um, if you email me and you tell me where you're from, I can check. There's um, a veterinary association that they have people that are. <laughs> this is this is funny. They have small mammal specialists in veterinary medicine, and I can look up a list and find somebody who's in your area. Okay. You just email me at docjill at animalradio dot com. How many ferrets do you have, Wayne? Well, right now, I'm sad to say I only have one. The others, we lost them due to, I guess you'd say, old age. they natural, I guess. Are they fun pets to have? Oh, yes, they are. They are so funny. I love them. Just, I can't imagine not having them around now. Yeah, They're really cute. Yeah. And, are they yeah. and they're smart. Yeah? Yeah. And, um, well, I don't know if it's true. I was told that the name Ferret is actually French. It stands for Little Thief. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I know they definitely are. It sounds like it. Well, what does he steal from you? Um, oh, they'll take anything. Um, it's amazing. They'll, they'll try to take um, stuffed animals that are ten times bigger than they are. They'll drag them. Um, <laughs> just almost anything. I, I hate to say it's kind of embarrassing. I use um, Copenhagen. Uh-huh. And I have I have to keep my even my empty cans or the full ones. It doesn't matter. I have to keep them out where she can't get to them. Um, oh, that could be dangerous. You definitely want to keep that away from her. Oh, and the I other do, thing, I... oh, ferrets have a voracious appetite too. They can eat. They eat like a dog, and they'll get into anything. Um, when I used to work at the poison control center for animals, we had a lot of ferrets that would get into a bottle of Advil or Tylenol. They would eat the entire container. Mm. And and they're so tiny, it doesn't take much to be a problem. So you really have to extra child-proof your house when you have a ferret. Well, yeah, we did that. We learned, um, I guess, with the first one, when we go grocery shopping, <laughs> when we bring the bag of groceries in, we do not. Wayne? I think we lost I him. think we lost Wayne, but I know what he was going to say there because we have the same problem with our cats. We can't <laughs> and I put have the, the same gr- problem with my dog. Yeah. yeah. Don't put those You groceries. don't leave him unsupervised with your groceries. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask him if he travels with his ferrets. Of course, probably he doesn't because there's many states that it is illegal still. Yeah, like California, it's illegal to have a ferret as a pet. There you go. one 405 to talk to Dr. Jill. Now, Vladi, I noticed you're eyeing Dr. Jill kind of funny-like. Because, you know, she has a very long legs and you know looks sporty and I like when the woman's have a long legs because uh, she looks very sexy and classy you know that girl who is a very star superstar what is her name Victoria Stilwell <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry. great girl very sexy you know she also has a beautiful legs this is the this is the major reason why I'm watching that show by the way yeah. how to yeah <laughs> <laughs> And what about you, Dave? Dave, do you watch it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there you go. Yeah. You know, I, I have an issue that I want to take up with you. I really... You're the, you're the brave You're the brave man. Well, <laughs> I'm not the only one. Yeah, Polish I'm either. not the only one. You know, there's not a lot that makes our phones ring like you did last week when you said you shouldn't sleep with your dog. Your dog shouldn't be in the bed with you. Uh-huh. I, you know... I, I got that's where I take issue with you. I like to have my dog in bed with me. A lot of people sleep with their dog in bed with you. 
isn't there some way we can train them and still let them sleep with us in bed? Uh, and this is not the first time I'm hearing this type of a question. And my answer is, you remember I, I keep telling again and again, it is okay, people, to sleep with you and or treat your dog as the human, but before you need to treat the dog as the dog. In other words, you cannot sleep with your dog you cannot eat your cake and have it too. You cannot uh, hope. So you're going to sleep with your dog in the bed, and at the same time, the dog is going to obey you. So my suggestion was, first of all, you need to start with the structures. You have to put the discipline back. You have to set up yourself as authoritative figure first. Once you achieve it, after that, it's okay. As a matter of fact, my dog jumps on the furniture. My Mika don't sleep in the bed, but jumps on the furniture, but she's looking for the command. She's asking for the permission. I don't care. Because Mika can bring Pepsi Cola from the refrigerator. <laughs> so, so, so if you treat your dog as the dog, the dog will treat you as the human, and you can ease the structures. But it's always important start with the structures, and that's one of the structures what involved. So for me, it's very important. So everyone understand me right, because sometimes you're right when you tell the people like this, they just look at at you like. You just ask them to commit the murder, you know. Nothing about this. It's just about reality. This is a reality show, and I tell the people truth as it is. Coming up in just a few minutes, you promised us, Judy. Joy Behar from The View will be joining us. I got her. She's going to be here. She promised me. She's a very funny gal, is she not? Yeah, she was a comedian before she joined The View. And she was one of the original View members. I believe the original yeah. View. Yeah. Do you know that show's been on since 1997? Wow. Just like a year longer than us, right? Of course. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass? And that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Fido-Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido-Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published 10 times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the Industry Watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. 
Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Welcome back to Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. We're off next week, but when we return the following week, our pet recovery and ID special. Speaking of pet loss prevention. I'm afraid. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. I have a friend named Reiko, and she was going to Japan for a month, and she asked me to babysit her dog, Coco, who is an Akita, and she's actually a Japanese Akita from the town of Akita. Wow. So... Yeah, and she when she was um, she got her when she was very young, and she came to the United States. She used to wear diapers, and she looked like a little fox. She didn't even look like a dog. So I was ha- I had her at my house. I have a six foot privacy fence, and you know previously I've had three dogs that weighed from a hundred pounds to three hundred uh, from a hundred pounds to about almost one eighty. Wow! And they li- they never never had a problem, never ever ever. But my dogs are stupid, so this dog is very very smart. So I just went to the grocery store to get her some food because she's eating everything out of, you know, she ate everything the whole week, everything out of the trash, everything. So I went to the grocery store and I thought it was a beautiful day. I left the door open so she could go on the deck and go out in the yard. And it's, like I said, six foot privacy fence. So I go down to the, to the store. I come back, open the door up. She's nowhere. Oh, I couldn't no. believe it. And I opened up the gate and there was a hole. It looked like. Five men with shovels into the hole underneath the fence. It was probably three foot wide and two feet deep because she's a big dog. She's she's very tall. If she stood up on her feet, she'd be six foot tall. And she had dug her way out of the fence and took off. And I almost had a heart attack because this is my friend's, this is Reiko's baby. Sure. And I know Reiko would kill me. <laughs> I didn't even know how to call Japan. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. So um, we have a really great animal control in our area. And I and I called a friend who's a veterinarian there, Dr. Karen, and I said, you, you know, I said, you're not going to believe this. You're going to think I'm a complete idiot. Of all people, I shouldn't be losing people's dogs. And I told her the story. And she actually said she just left the shelter five minutes ago. They had tracked her down, and they caught her. She just ran up to the animal control officer and looked him in the face. And they had him at the they had her at the pound. Um, so I had to go pick her up. So I was hoping that Reka would never know about this incident. Oh, you're not going to tell her. But yeah, well, fortunately for the dog, but not fortunately for me, she was microchipped. So they brought her in and they scanned her, and then they called her and her. They called her at home on her cell phone, and then she had an emergency number in Japan. <laughs> so there was no way I could, you know, pretend like it didn't happen because she knew. So, so it was sort of an awkward situation. But she understood. She wasn't mad at me. She was, I think, a little bit <laughs> disappointed. And I don't think I'll be watching Coco anymore. But, um, but all's well that ends well. She was fine. I got her from the shelter within about 10 minutes of her landing in there. And she, you know, she was, you couldn't even tell she was in animal gel. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. So you, you want to be careful when you have people babysit your pet. You never, I mean, who would have thought this dog would have dug a hole? Uh, you know, a six-foot fence. I couldn't believe it. She's just, she's an escape artist. She's a Houdini. And there's a lot of dogs that are like that. So you got to be careful. And it's always good you to use the microchip, but also put a, um, a collar with a, with a message on it, too, that tells you the pet owner's information, too, just in case someone doesn't have a scanner when they find her and they can find her tags on her, on her uh, collar. 
Yeah, it's a good idea to have something that's visible as well as the microchip. And next week, yeah, we're going to actually be giving away free, we have a 1,000 free animal radio ID tags, Ooh, which uh, wow, you'll be able great. to call a 1-800 number if your pet ever gets lost or if you find a pet with one of these tags. All next week, right here on Animal Radio. Well, I'm going to be calling in for one of those tags for Coco. <laughs> Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. She on the phone? Oh. We've got her. Finally, okay. Hey, Joy. Hi, Hal. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. A whole t- a station devoted to animals? Yeah, all across the country, 95 stations and on XM Satellite Radio. Oh, uh, what channel is that? I have I have XM. Channel 158. I definitely will be tuning into that. Awesome. Uh, so we're, we were trying to figure out here while we were waiting for the call, are you one of the original hosts on The View? Yes, I was there from the beginning. In the re- original, I was on three days a week. Uh-huh. And Barbara would come on two days, so I would sit in when she was not there. But then the audience uh, liked me, and they put me on five days a week. So that's what happened. Good move. Wow. Good move for them. Yeah, you know, my philosophy is just show up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's really uh, pretty much 99% of it. That's exactly right. Hey, listen, I understand that you're heading up the search for the new face of Alpo. Yes. this is. The, I think this is a really exciting contest. It's the Alpo Real Meat Moments Video Contest, and we're looking for the biggest meat maniac in America, the, a dog that just goes bananas when the food is served, when the meaty meal comes out, and he can hear the sound of the can <laughs> opening. You know, my dogs have clocks. Mm-hmm. You can set your watch to my dogs. And so I want to, we want to see some videos of your dogs. Uh, going berserk when the when the food is there. Okay, so you're looking for videos. 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 Yes. Okay, but ultimately the picture will appear on uh, what two and a half million cans of Alpo. Something like that. A couple of million cans of Alpo. Yep, that will be your dog's face all over Alpo. I mean, that's a that's a thrill. Plus, you'll get ten million dollars if you win. I mean, 10,000, I'm sorry. Oh, I like oh the 10 God. million. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, so, you know, I'm a little tired. I did two shows today. <laughs> and a year supply of Alpo, of course, and a trip for two plus. To Hollywood. Yes. What's I that? I mean, eat your heart out, Lassie and Rin Tin Tin, because this is your big moment, whoever you are out there. And you go to Hollywood, you're going to get the $10,000, as I said. You get to fly with your dog sitting next to you on the plane. How do we sign up? Go to alporealmeatmoments.com. Okay. Now, I've been told we don't have a lot of time with you, but i gotta, I got to ask you, this book, I guess it's been out for several years, Shih Tzu Kaka Poo Poo. It's out about, yeah, I think it's about a year and a half. Or It's a, a very cute little book about my dog, Max, who was a mixed breed. And the book is about, you know, being snubbed by the purebreds and how he charms them into liking him. And, and then they all play together. It's mm. kind of a nice little uh, metaphor for life. What kind of animals do you have at home? Is Max still around? No, Max is in dog heaven, but we're, we're even writing another book about Max because he was such a fabulous dog. He was a Shih Tzu, Cocker Spaniel, and two parts Poodle. Shih Tzu, Cocker Poodle. <laughs> and, um, and the other dogs I have are Tallulah and Gracie, who are uh, mixed also. I think that they are mixed with King Charles and maybe Pomeranian or that Papillon or something. Mm-hmm. The big deal we've been talking about today is do they sleep in bed with you? Do you allow your dogs to sleep in bed with you? Do I allow? Of course they sleep in bed with me. I don't allow it. They just do. Okay. I also have a cat that yeah. sleeps in bed. I mean, it's a very crowded bed. Yes. If, they, if they're in a certain place, do you sleep around them? You have. They sort of sleep... <laughs> 
They sort of sleep between your legs. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And then if you turn over, you know, you, you hit the one animal on the head and they move over. Mm, okay. <laughs> Sounds like our place. But, you know, this is an animal station, so uh, it's fun to talk about animals with you. Really. Well, you know, all day we've been talking about you're not supposed to let your dog in bed. And I do that. I allow my dog in bed. And, in fact, it's mandatory. That's why I have the furry little guy. <laughs> of having a pet if he can't sleep with you. That makes him so happy. That's what I'm saying. Joy, we're going to let you go now. We thank you for taking time. Of course, links to the Alpo contest, links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Right. Or go directly to AlpoRealMeatMoments.com. Beautiful. Thank okay, you. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye-bye now. Bye. It seems like Dr. Jill has stirred up the phone lines with pet sitter horror stories. Yeah. Hi, who's this? Hi, I'm Denise. Hi, Denise. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Flagstaff, Arizona. So you have a funny story or a horror story? A horror story, although, you know, funny only because it had a happy ending. Oh, good. We love happy endings here. You know, but holy cow, I had um, a friend of mine was in college down in Austin, Texas. And so me and my friend's boyfriend were going to drive down to Austin to visit the friend in college. Uh Uh-huh. And I was going to stay in the neighbor's house because the neighbor was out of town and she said, yes, you can, you know, no worries, and you can cat sit my cat. How nice. And I thought, well, fabulous, you know. And so we drove down there and and I unpacked and got along with the cat famously, you know, played games and threw his toys around. I thought we were bonding. Uh-huh. <laughs> we were having, you know, I thought we had become buddies. There was a moment there. And, yeah, I really, you know, but then he vanished. Oh, and no. He was an inside no. cat. On your shift. <laughs> On my shift. And P.S. never met this woman. Oh, my I've God. I've never met this person. She's, you know, she's opened up her house to me. You know, how hard is it to babysit a cat? Really, I have one. Not so hard. Oh, so what'd you do? For days. And so me and the friend that had driven down there with me, like, walking through the neighborhood sobbing, both of us sobbing, because we've lost Roberta's cat. Uh Uh-huh. And checked all the animal shelters, like, hourly and dumb friends league, and um, and Roberta's due home any minute. And the cat showed up. I mean, <gasps> like, out of the clear blue sky, enough, you know, no drama, no no owies, no <laughs> dirt. And just like, hmm, hi, what's for dinner? <laughs> it was just trying to give you a scare, huh? And it did. It uh. did. And, you know, of course, then, you know, sucking right back up to me again. <laughs> As I'm packing my stuff, sitting in my luggage. Where are you going? Road trip? Uh, well, we're glad it had a happy oh, ending. Oh, baby, me too. I mean, we, we still talk about it. Have you pets had any animals since then? No. <laughs> Not going to. Was- no, I mean, I'll occasionally go visit a friend's cat. You know, cats, they're great. They're so independent that they don't need you every single minute of the day. Yeah. You know, so sometimes a friend will leave town for a couple of days and I'll go over and visit and, you know, watch a movie or something and have snuggle time, but... But, yeah, not, never. I don't know. That was pretty much the end of your pet sitting career. Yeah, maybe. But, I'm, you know, there's got to be a market out there for a pet for pet sitter. Like, a, there's a business. Oh, definitely. Oh, millions of dollars. Yes. yes. A whole association. And, and uh, boy, you go online and Google it and you'll... Well, we won't even leave our fish alone. Oh, of course so, not. You know? Would, would never do that. I would easily pay somebody money to move into my house, stock it with all their favorite foods... You know, while I go away. 
Denise from Flagstaff, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. 1-866-405-8405. 